Are you a professional woman who wants to create passive income streams and financial freedom through real estate investing? Join us here on Real Estate Investor Goddesses, hosted by Monique Alm. Listen to women who are rocking it in real estate investments as they share their stories of success, failures, and best advice in real estate investing. Start creating real wealth through real estate. Tune in today. Here's your host, real estate investor, syndicator, and developer, Monique Holm. Welcome to the Real Estate Investor Goddesses podcast. I'm your host, Monique Holm. On this show, I interview badass real estate investing women, goddesses that are crushing it in this field. And I am so excited today to have with us Danielle Pierce, who is a total badass and also is helping women around the country doing real estate. So she's definitely a sister of my soul and sharing that mission. She's a full-time real estate entrepreneur with over a decade of trial and error, like that butts in the seat experience. She's committed to helping individuals succeed in the real estate industry without having to rely exclusively on sales. She believes that documentation beats conversion and she offers results-driven programs, which has created a thriving community of raving fans. She's a mom of three geniuses, a house head, and a proud blurred <laughs> and all around fabulous. You can uh, find her at daniellepierce.com and here. And I'm so excited that you're here. Welcome, Danielle. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Well, uh, thank you for inviting me on the show. I'm super excited to be here. Super excited to have you. So tell me, how did you get started in real estate investing? Uh, so it was kind of a long, circuitous journey. Uh, <laughs> I, I have, my background is actually corporate accounting. So I went to school, have an accounting degree from U of I. I thought I was going to climb the corporate ladder and become a partner. That was my initial life's goal. And then I got into corporate and I was just like, no, this is not going to be my life. <laughs> um, I wasn't a fan of it. And so I ended up being laid off and I found a mentor fairly early on and got, he helped me cement that decision to become a real estate investor. Now, of course, I didn't listen to a lot of what he said early on because I wasn't ready. I just, I don't know. I thought the whole entrepreneur real estate investor thing was just kind of about chilling and kicking it. And somehow I would make money, but I wasn't quite sure where it would come from. So it took me a while to actually do the stuff that he talked about, but he did. Um, that's where the seed was planted. And so then from there, I tried a bunch of different avenues within real estate, but I ultimately focused on tax lien investing and working with foreclosed properties. What was the first thing you did? The very first thing I did, oh, I, I got my license. So I've been a licensed, I'm a managing broker, but I've been licensed since 2006. So I got my real estate license and I was helping people, you know, buy and sell properties kind of sporadically because I'm from Chicago. It was cold and it was just a lot going on. And so that's what I tried to do. And then I was doing short sales for a while, doing loan modifications for a while. I did rentals for a while. I did a bunch of different things in, in, in real estate. Okay. So a lot of people ask me, do you need to be a realtor or broker, a real estate investor? I am not. So I tell them no. But what do you think? Um, has it helped you to be a realtor? It hasn't helped in probably any capacity. It's not a requirement at all. I think the misconception is that people think that getting a real estate license will somehow teach you about real estate investing. And there's literally nothing that could be farther from the truth. Getting a license just allows you to represent buyers and sellers and not be sued for it. But outside of that, you don't learn investing. You don't learn tax liens. You don't, you don't even learn how to do a comparative market analysis when getting your real estate license. It's the craziest thing. All that stuff is picked up after the fact. 
and only for people who desire to go get that knowledge. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, that's what I tell people, but I always love to check with brokers because so many people come to me and they go, yeah, I really want to get into investing. So first I'm going to get my license. And I'm like, why? <laughs> I don't know how that happened, but it, it just doesn't go together at all. Like it, it worlds apart. Yeah. They both have to do with real estate, but it's really different, different aspects of it. Yes. Uh, okay. So cool. So then you, now you say you've landed mostly on doing tax liens and foreclosure. So what do you like about those areas? Uh, so tax lien investing. So funny enough, I learned about it many, many years ago because of course I've always been in real estate, but I just dismissed it at the time and was like, oh, there must be more to it or that's a scam or, you know, that's not real. And so I just ignored it. What I like about it now though, is that for one, you can acquire properties for very cheaply depending upon the area that you're investing in, obviously. I know that you're on the West Coast and you can still get discounts at the tax deed sales and tax lien sales that are out there, but it's just the price points are very different than say the Midwest or the South, (laughs) for example. But I do like that aspect of getting the properties cheaply. I like the idea of being able to get properties without having to go through traditional bank financing. I think that for, especially in our community, that's a big plus because a lot of us are not able to move forward because either credit or not being able to show consistent income or, or both of them. And so I see, I, I remember seeing that issue a lot when I first got my license and they would say, oh, start with your family. You know, I'd be like, oh, mm, well, they're not, <laughs> they're not quite in a position to buy it. So what else you got? <laughs> but just being able to get properties cheaply is what is, I'm a biggest, that's why I'm one of the, the big fan of tax and investing. Okay. So for those if you're listening out there, you're not quite sure what exactly is tax lien investing. You want to tell them? Sure. Tax lien investing, or and you'll also hear the phrase tax deed investing, is essentially buying properties that are delinquent in property taxes, and you're going to an auction to purchase them. Some auctions are live where you have to physically be there in person. And then some are actually online where you could be anywhere in the world with your Wi-Fi connection and bidding on properties you know, from the comfort of your computer. But that's essentially what it involves. So you're buying properties that are delinquent on taxes. So with the tax lien certificates, though, obviously, well, I shouldn't say obviously, but you're not the owner immediately. There's a redemption period, a time frame where the owner can come back and pay all the money that they owe. And then for tax deed properties, though, depending upon the state, you won't have that redemption period. You just own the property or the land outright. So some people really prefer deeds over liens. So it sounds like you are going off, you're doing this to get the actual property yes. as opposed to just having your money generating income through yes. liens. Yes, I want the property, but you did bring up another point. Another op, people do invest in tax lien certificates with the express goal of earning anywhere. I think the highest is about 25% a year, and that is Texas, Georgia, Illinois is like 18%, New Jersey is 18%. And obviously you can't get those returns, not in a bank. <laughs> yeah, I have some tax liens in Florida, but I, for me, it's just about getting that money, my money working. I didn't want the property. So those are, are different ways of doing it. And then with the foreclosure too. So yeah, you tell, tell, tell us a little bit about how you got there. So I kind of fell into that, that niche accidentally. I, my initial goal was to list the foreclosed and REO properties. That's the, their, the terms are interchangeable. But my initial goal was to list those properties. I wanted to be a listing broker because, and then probably it's still this way in, in around the country too, but it's a very tight network. And so typically the same brokers get all the foreclosed property listings like year after year after year after year. So in Chicago, there were about three and they would have four, five, 600 listings. And I was like, I want to do that. 
but I couldn't get in there. And it wasn't that I was trying to get in there like for free or trying to like, oh, could you please mentor me and tell me everything you know in exchange for nothing? I just couldn't make any headway. People would say things like, oh, you got to figure it out or I don't know what to tell you or I just couldn't make progress that way. And so then when I found out about the other side of it, like who's managing the properties, who's doing the repairs and maintenance, who's you know taking care of getting all the stuff that people leave behind in the properties. And then I said, okay, I can do that. And that was actually a much better fit for me because it was less client interaction and uh, more control. I'm a bit of a control freak. So I like that aspect of it. <laughs> so that's why I say in that industry, again, it, it allows me to operate the way that I would prefer to and still make the money that I want to make. I love that. So those are really great. I think like lower money down strategies because mm-hmm. you can, with both of those, you can get those types of properties for quite a bit less than if they were on the market. For anybody out there going, how do I get into this? Well, I don't necessarily can't afford the things I'm seeing on the MLS. Those are two awesome strategies. Okay. So Danielle, you've been in this business now. So how many years have you been doing this? It'll be 13 years next year. So okay. 2007. 13. So over the years, if you're, you know, you're in it for a while, likely that you, maybe you've become a, had a mistake or two. <laughs> so. <laughs> Some things that have not quite worked out as well as you'd planned. So what was your biggest mistake and what did you learn from it? There were so many. I can't. can't. (laughs) So it's the answer of a true investor. (laughs) So in terms of the real estate industry or just life in general, I'll say in terms of real estate investing, I was like your biggest mistake. Not doing tax lien investing. 12 years ago when I first heard about it would be, that comes top of mind. I still think about it every now and then. Like, just think of all the properties you could have bought and sold or still own, you know, over the course of the last decade plus. But I mean, obviously, you know, when when the student's ready, the teacher will appear. So they say, and I for sure wasn't ready back then. So that's the biggest mistake that comes to mind. Yeah, a lot lot of people say that too. They wonder, gosh, if only I started earlier, you know, it's always... Like when it's like a tree, when was the best time to plant the tree 20 years ago? When's the next best time? Today. today. <laughs> so, yeah. So for those of you who are out there going, gosh, I, can I get started? It's like, yes, yes, you should. <laughs> Don't wait. All right. And what are you most proud of? I am most proud of being able to, you know, what? It, I'm most proud of having the courage to leave my quote unquote good paying job in corporate while I was still relatively young and then to branch out and become an entrepreneur. Now, granted, I did try to go back into corporate. (laughs) Let me be clear about that. I did try to go back because I was like, okay, this is not working out. And clearly I need to get more money and I, I don't know what I'm doing here, but I just wasn't able to get a job for the first time. But I'm most proud of, of having the courage to do that because many of us, We know what we need to do, and it could be business or personal or whatever, it could be marriage or relationships, but we just don't do it because we don't we don't have the courage to make those moves. Sometimes I think life requires massive action in order to get to certain levels. And and it's very uncomfortable, I should say. It's not like (laughs) so when people say they don't want to do it, I get it, but it's very uncomfortable and quite irritating. But I'm proud that I was able to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Getting out of your comfort zone. It will require that. So that's a, it's by definition uncomfortable. But I don't know if you were like me because I, I have a similar story. I started in the corporate law mm-hmm. and I was also very miserable and, and looking down the path towards partnership and going, 
this is a pie eating contest and the prize is more pie and the pie is frankly full of poo-poo. <laughs> like, it's like, I don't want to eat this pie anymore. How long did you work in corporate? Uh, 10 long years. <laughs> so, and, you know, there comes a point in which it's actually, it was it's like that Anais Nin quote. It's like, there's like where the pain, like it, the risk to blossom it's less painful than the, the pain to stay a butt, right? It's just too painful to stay where you are. So hopefully people can make that move before it gets to that point, which is what, definitely I was at that point. It was really painful to stay. And I was like, I just got to get out of here. I can't do it. <laughs> <laughs> but I think it, if you can get into this game, start doing these passive income streams and sort of like pave the way, it's a lot easier. So to what do you attribute your success? So the answer to that has it has changed over the years, but you know, recently there's always shifts in this, well, in life, but especially as an entrepreneur. And so a recent shift that I had probably less than two years ago was that I need to get out of my one woman silo and stop trying to control everything and stop trying to be a master at everything and start trusting other people, especially other women to work with in different capacities. Because that is the only way that I'm going to get to the levels that I want to get to. And these are just facts. Like, I think I might have known it a long time ago, but I just wasn't ready to do it. But I got to a point where, like you said earlier, it was more painful to just stay as opposed to actually trusting other people. It was like, if I want to get here, like I have to start working with other people. And so I did that. And it's been so great. I was like, oh my gosh, like, why wasn't I doing this the whole time? It's just different opportunities, different exposure, different level of resources, different level of knowledge. Like people know a lot more things than I do. And it's like, oh, that's kind of cool that you know that and I don't. So as opposed to it being a competition, it's like, well, we can actually make something else happen that's even better. So I'm pretty happy about that. That's great. I'm surprised you were able to go so long without doing that. <laughs> Real estate is such a team sport. It's hard to do much when you're, when you're yeah. lone rangering. Yes. Yeah. Amazing. So what advice do you have for a woman who's just starting out in this field? I would say to a lot of women, I find more so than the men that I interact with, women often will feel like they need a mentor to get started. They'll say, oh, things like, I need a mentor. Can you mentor me? Or I need somebody to show me the ropes. And there's nothing wrong with mentorship. But what I will say is that mentors show up when you're ready. And a great mentor actually, like I said, is not a very, it can be very uncomfortable. And a lot of us aren't necessarily ready for that experience. I know my first mentor was a brilliant guy, but definitely not the most pleasant interaction, (laughs) the most pleasant experience, just in how his delivery and the way he spoke, it was just like, oh my gosh, I didn't know it was going to be like this. So I don't necessarily think that you need a mentor to get started. I do think that you need a specific pathway. So I don't like to see women or men either float from commercial to rentals, to wholesaling, to tax liens, to all the other bright, shiny objects that you see pop up on your timeline when you're on social media. I like to people sit back and think about what's my personality? What's, how much time can I devote to this? How much money do I have to get started? And pick the path that most closely aligns with that versus trying to do what everybody else is doing. And then I would say, stay on that path. Like don't leave it when it gets hard because it will get hard, but you know, you have to stay consistent in order to be, you gotta have laser focus to be successful. Yeah, that's good. It is helpful to focus just on one thing. I know I I like shiny objects, (laughs) real estate. (laughs) Um, 
that's kind of why I've set up my life in this way. I get to talk to all different people um, that do all types of uh, like fun things and get to teach about all sorts of different things. So it's like, I'm like, I get to indulge in my shiny objects in doing this. <laughs> but that I don't recommend either uh, investing that way. <laughs> um, so what do you wish you'd known at the beginning that you now know? I wish I know that it doesn't have to be a hard road all the time. Like doing, going about things the right way, creating plans, setting initial goals, and being honest with yourself in your self-assessment can actually shorten your learning curve by years. It doesn't have to be this, oh my God, I've been doing this for 15 years or five years and I haven't been successful. Like there are ways to shortcut that and make life a little bit easier. Like it'll still be challenging, but it can be significantly easier as opposed to what I did, just trying winging it and figuring it out along the way. Um, I wish I had known that I didn't have to do that. And before we get to our famed end of show trinity, which is our brag, our gratitude and desire, what is the best way for people to connect with you? Best way for people to connect with me is going to be either my YouTube community, which is it's under Danielle Pierce, or my Facebook group, which is Women, Wealth, and Real Estate. Either of those two would be ideal. All right. Awesome. And okay, so now it's time for our Trinity. What's one brag? Brag is that I am receiving an award from the National Association of Female Executives next month in December as a rising Ooh. star. So I'm excited about that. That's pretty dope. Well bragged. That's awesome. And what's one thing you're grateful for? I'm grateful that I get to spend the time with my children that I want to, as opposed to the only the time that I'm able to fit in due to having a stressful job or having to be somewhere or have, you know, a lot of restrictions on my time from a third party. So I'm very happy about that. Mm, beautiful. And last but not least, what's one desire? My one desire, you know, it's funny. I, people don't often ask me the, that questions like that. I was talking to my financial planner yesterday and she was saying, what's your big goal? I was just like, what do you mean? But um, <laughs> <laughs> I would love to own like a hundred unit apartment building is kind of my three-year goal. That's top of mind right now. All right. So that's your desire. hundred mm-hmm. units. So shall it be or so much better than you can imagine. Thank you, Danielle. This was awesome. Thanks so much for coming on. And y'all can see her awesome videos on YouTube. Check it out. Danielle Pierce or Women Wealth and Real Estate. Mm-hmm. Women Wealth and Real Estate. And you can find me at reigoddesses.com. There you can find our podcasts and uh, episodes, blogs, uh, get connected with our community on Facebook and join our investor club to find out about all these cool passive investing opportunities. So find me at reigoddesses.com and join us next time for another amazing real estate investor goddess interview. Subscribe, comment, send us love and talk to you next time. Bye. You have just listened to another episode of Real Estate Investor Goddesses, a show dedicated to sharing stories of women creating real wealth through real estate. If you found value on what you just heard, feel free to share with your friends. Visit us at reigoddesses.com to learn more about our programs and live events, as well as to access other resources. Until next time.